Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. It gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. It is Sparky's Midday Madness on 12.50 a.m. The Fan. No Steve Sparky Pfeiffer today. Toby Altizer in for him. He'll be back on Monday. Alongside Adam Roberts, we're live from the Lakeland University studios. Lakeland University is offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Adam we are presented by the Milwaukee Admirals, That's and they've right. got some events coming up. That's right. we got a big one on June 28th and the 29th. That's a Tuesday and a Wednesday, a couple weeks from now. The annual garage sale at Panther Arena for the Admirals. Their season's done. That doesn't mean the fun has to stop, though. Four to eight on Tuesday for full and half-season ticket members. You'll be able to access game-worn jerseys, new and game-used sticks, other game equipment, it will all be marked down well below retail value. And these days, if you can get any kind of deal on anything, gas or otherwise, you definitely should take advantage of it. On Wednesday, the 29th, things will be opened up to the general public, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. And again, as at Panther Arena. Perhaps it's uh, not a coincidence, Toby, that we get paid roughly around each week the time that this sale is going to be taking place. <laughs> so uh, you might see me copping some game-worn jerseys from the Admirals again June 28th and 29th at Panther Arena in downtown Milwaukee. I want to give you a second here, Adam, because I haven't necessarily mm. watched this as much, but the hockey playoffs. Sure. What's been going on? Give us a little update and who you think is going to win this thing. Well, the biggest news of the Eastern and Western Conference Finals in the Stanley Cup playoffs is apparently Jimmy Fallon downing a glizzy. I saw that. That has been probably the most trendy thing of the hockey playoffs, which shows exactly where the NHL stands in the grand scope of American Mm -hmm. sports, that live golf is taking up bigger chunks of our time here at 1250 AM The Fan than the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, but right now, things are pretty tight between Tampa and the New York Rangers. Uh, Tampa, of course, has won the last two straight Stanley Cups, so it's not too often in any sport we see a three-peat for a championship. So they are uh, looking pretty good. And then in the West, uh, that's all set. The Colorado Avalanche, consensus best team in the NHL so far this year, Could be setting up for a very interesting Stanley Cup final between Tampa and Colorado. Of course, the Lightning were the team that took out my beloved Toronto Maple Leafs. So (laughs) the law of causation says I have to root for Tampa. Oh, Uh, Oh, you cheer for the team that knocked you out? Well, it's either that or the Rangers. So take your poison, I guess. Uh, And who are you thinking will win it all? Uh, If I had to put money on it, Colorado's tough. Their offense is extremely high-powered. Now, granted, Edmonton and Calgary were the teams that met in the semifinals, the battle for Alberta, and both of their goaltending was just putrid in that series. So I didn't think Colorado was going to lose to either one of those teams, but the offense for the Avalanche is fantastic. I think if they face the Rangers, that could be over in four or five games, if I'm honest. 
Tampa, I see it maybe going six, but I'm still favoring the Avalanche. Interesting. Go Avs. We do have a fan, Chuck, I, d- I know, tweets, who's a pretty big Avs yeah, fan. Yeah, he, t- he tweets all the time talking about the Avalanche. So there, there you go. There's your Avs talk for the day. Because I, I, don't, I don't know a whole lot else going on. Since the Capitals have been knocked out, I haven't watched a whole lot. You and I, were when both of our teams were taken out, my interest went significantly yeah. lower. Although, considering it only went five games, that Alberta battle between Edmonton and Calgary, and I know nobody cares. Literally nobody cares. But those games were electric hockey, if that's the sort of thing you're into. Yeah, I uh, I haven't watched a whole lot of the playoffs other than when the Capitals were in, so I well, I, I can't say I can bl- break all this down for you well, or not. And, and, and real quick, Toby, like it doesn't help the fact that so. And I've talked about this before with Sparky on this show. I think I got a brief mention of it on a Big Show episode a while ago. Sure, but it doesn't help. Like we watch NFL games, and perhaps it's the scarcity of the product, but you get it on Fox. NBC, ESPN, CBS, every Sunday, no matter if you have cable or not, you can click on your television. There's an NFL football game on your TV, no matter what. Yeah. Baseball, you know, I mean, it's a little bit more regionalized, obviously, but there's still at least an effort put out to get baseball games on national television. NBA, obviously not an issue to find your team playing in on any television that's either in a bar or home or otherwise. Hockey is so down it's bad. Never on. It's down hard. When your games are being featured on ESPN Plus, and that's like the big move to ESPN. When, you know, three years ago, Barry Melrose talking for five minutes about the Rangers or the Islanders was about as much hockey talk as you got on the four letter network. And now they have ESPN Plus be the featured television home, basically, of most games, and then a couple bigger ones on the big ESPN. I don't know. It's We're not exactly helping our cause here if we're the NHL trying to promote the product to the nation. And I don't know if Gary Bettman cares at all. I don't think he does. But I have my own opinions about him as a commissioner, <laughs> aside from this conversation. So, yeah, it's it's been rough. And now, of course, it's the Stanley Cup final. I believe, uh, well, it's almost the final. I believe they will be on ESPN. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if the big final of the entire season is on some forgotten network that 50% of America doesn't even know exists. Well, and speaking of sports where we don't like the commissioner, I do want to talk some baseball. Hey, hey. Uh, I want to talk about this Brewers series coming up with the Nationals. Also, Vinny Rotino is going to come up in about 10 minutes, and I want to do some hard-hitting stuff on baseball. Not necessarily the Brewers, but just modern baseball. I want to ask him some questions, someone that spent some time around the league, and get his thoughts on that. But then we got to discuss this Tony La Russa thing. Oh, I can't wait for this. And we'll do that for the last half hour. Also, Rami will join the show at the end. And I know, I know he'll have thoughts about, on that. Yeah, I, I just want to talk about that for the last half hour and how foolish that move was. But but right now, I do want to focus on the Milwaukee Brewers heading into this series against the Nationals. If you want to hop in on the conversation, 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250AM, the fan. Tonight for the Brewers, you have Aaron Ashby on the mound going up against Eric Fetty. And last time Fetty pitched against the Brewers here in Milwaukee, he actually pitched really well. So if there was a game in this series that maybe the Nationals will have a chance in, because I, I don't think they do, even though I think a lot of Brewers fans are on the negative side and think that somehow they're going to get end up getting swept. But the last time that Fetty was here, five and two-thirds, four hits, two earned runs, three walks, four strikeouts, and, and he looked pretty good in that outing. Uh, if you remember, that was an outing with him versus, I believe it was Eric Lauer, and it was a pitching battle, really, that was going through about six innings, and then the Brewers started to kind of pile on, and then they won pretty big in that outing. Ashby pitched in that game as well in the ninth inning to close that one out. But I think the Brewers are going to go into D.C., and they're probably, at worst, going to take two out of three. This Nationals baseball team is not very good. The pitching that the Nationals have, while you may be negative and think that this Brewers team isn't going to be able to hit off them, I think they're going to be able to get some hits off these guys. I'm not sure if Fetty will be the guy to do it tonight. I think Eric Fetty is a pretty good pitcher. But Patrick Corbin is supposed to go in Game 2 for the Nationals, and he has been terrible this year. And even though 
the Brewers tend to struggle against left-handed pitchers. Corbin just has not been good at the, this year at all, and I, I don't think there's much to worry about there. And you'll have Eric Lauer on the mound, so I, I think game two of the series, the Brewers will win. We don't have the announced starter yet for the Nationals for game three, but Jason Alexander will start that one for the crew. So maybe that one's a little up in the air, even though Jason Alexander has actually pitched really well in the couple times that he's taken the mound for the Brewers. So this series against the Nationals, on paper, it shouldn't be that big of a deal for the Brewers, right? It's just a middle-of-June series against a really bad baseball team. But I think this is going to end up being a really pivotal stretch for the Brewers because you've come off six straight losses. Six straight losses. And the offense has been really, really bad. But can you get back on track against a bad baseball team? And yes, if the Brewers come out and explode for a lot of runs, you know, you're going to point to, well, it was against a team that's not very good. I, whatever the case is, I don't really care. But you're going to about to go into a series against the New York Mets Coming up next week, you have an off day on Monday. Then you travel to New York to take on the Mets at City Field for three. That's going to be a fun series to watch because the Mets have been playing really good baseball. And I want to see them again against a good opponent. If this team that's playing right now were to head into the New York Mets series, I don't know that I'd have confidence that they'd win a game in that series. But they don't have to head in right now. They got a couple days against a sub-quality opponent in the Washington Nationals. And then you have an off day. So hopefully that will allow them to get things back on track because they need someone in this lineup to figure it out. doesn't really matter who it is, but someone has to get going in this lineup because it's been so bad. You can't continually get shut out and shut out and only give your guys a few runs to work with because, look, the pitchers are going to be human. While there's pressure on the pitchers already, when the offense is this bad, it puts that extra pressure and you have an outing where... Josh Hader, who who usually can handle the pressure, comes out and he gives up two homers. And, and that's so uncharacteristic of Josh Hader. But if you could give him a little bit more help, a little bit more of an insurance, then maybe there's less of a problem there. Right now, the pitching hasn't necessarily been as on point. And so, you know, the pitching isn't necessarily blameless in this either. But the offense itself has just been so bad that you don't feel like you have any chance. These pitchers go out there from the from the jump and they feel like they have to be perfect. They feel like they have to go out there and limit every single base runner. They can't allow any runs to score because at that point they're going to be marked down for the loss because this offense hasn't shown you over the last week and a half that they can do anything. And so hopefully they can improve and hopefully, even though you can say whatever you want about the stats afterwards, hopefully this can jumpstart the Brewers' offense because... I'm fine with them getting going against a bad team. And we've seen them be able to do that against a team like the Reds or a team like the Pirates or the Cubs. We've seen them be able to get things going and then it kind of carries over. I'm hoping that that's what we see with them going up against this Nationals team that just isn't very good. Hopefully tonight they can get going against Eric Fetty and get the bats rolling early, give Ashby a little bit of wiggle room so that he can kind of settle into the game. And hopefully this team can get going. You know, maybe some of these guys that were injured are going to get back into the lineup and kind of feel more comfortable now. You saw Willie had some really good at-bats in the last game. Hopefully he can continue that. Renfro as well. Once you get these guys back and comfortable, I still think this offense is, I wouldn't say great. I don't even know if you could say good. I think it's fine, and I think it will be fine going forward. But someone has to get going, and hopefully they can get that thing going this series against the Nationals. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Vinny Rettino from Valley Sports Wisconsin. He'll join the show. I want to talk about baseball in general and hitting and some of the philosophy of things. We'll get to the Brewers a little bit, but I want to focus more on just the general facts of baseball, Major League Baseball, and why hitting so hard in the current Major League. And why is it different? Or We'll ask him some of those questions coming up here on Sparky's Midday Madness with Toby Altizer. On 1250 AM, The Fan. 1250 AM, The Fan. It is Sparky's Midday Madness presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. I'm Toby Altizer in for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer today alongside Adam Roberts here in the Lakeland University Studios. And now it's time to get out to the great Midwest Bank hotline and welcome in our guest from Valley Sports, Wisconsin, Vinny Rettino. Vinny, how you doing today? Toby, what's going on? I'm doing great. 
Yeah, good. It's good to talk to you, Vinny, because I, we were, yesterday I was hosting the big show in with the guys, and we were talking with Greg Vaughn, and I, I kind of gave him, uh, asked him a question that I've kind of wondered for a while. Is it harder now to hit than ever? Because, you know, we talk about Major League Baseball, and we break down the Brewers all the time, and we talk about these different guys and how low their batting average is. And it's a, a thing you see all across baseball, and I don't know if fans truly understand how hard it is to hit in modern Major League Baseball. Uh, I guess so the question is, Vinny, like, is it truly harder to hit now than ever when it comes to Major League Baseball? It, yes. The answer is a resounding yes. I mean, the numbers bear that out. I mean, so just to give fans some perspective, and I know that this is kind of cliche. People have heard this before, like, if you stood in, in the box, not, not only against a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, but like a, an 85-mile-an-hour fastball, it, is, it, it looks like a, an aspirin tablet. Like it is out of the pitcher's hand, and it's by you if you're not ready to swing before he releases the pitch. So now, like, guys are you – know, I think the average fastball now is 93. So, so right off the bat, just the velocity in and of itself is harder to hit. It's just you have less reaction time. And now they're disguising pitches better, meaning – they're tunneling better. So balls out of the hand for a fastball, it looks exactly the same out of the hand for a slider. And they're doing this using the pitching lab. So they use these really fast high-speed cameras called a Rapsodo camera or a TrackMan camera where they're able to, to, to really pinpoint and, and determine, like, where is the best release point for my slider because I want to match it up against the fastball. So it looks exactly the same out of the hand. And I know fans are thinking, well, why would that matter? It's coming so quickly out of the hand, a couple of inches here or there. As your brain starts to slow this down and you see more pitches, you can pick up a couple of inch difference between the release points. And that's how talented major league hitters are, that they can see that. But now pitchers are combating that by disguising their release points on all these different pitches. So they're masking, you know, what's coming out of the hand. And so, Therefore, they're throwing harder and they're throwing nastier stuff that, that's being disguised, and therefore it is a lot harder to hit now. Well, and you mentioned a couple reasons. What do you think the biggest reason is that it's become harder? Is it simply those things of better disguises? Is it the uptick in velocity? You, you see all around Major League Baseball that even if you're in a so-called hitter's count, it's not even a hitter's count anymore because you're not necessarily getting a fastball right. in that count. What do you think it is the biggest reason that it's become so hard to hit and why batting averages can continue to drop? Yeah, so it, it, it really is a combination of uh, the, the things that, we, that I just mentioned that you just mentioned as well. It's, it's, the velo it's a couple of things. I, I think it's the velocity and then it's the refining of each pitch. Okay, and so um, so n you don't see too many pitches nowadays that are just poor quality. Like a pitcher in the in maybe even ten years ago would have thought, okay, my slider is really good and it plays really well against right-handed hitters. Well, no, it doesn't. Like it's out of the zone. It might break and and be sharp and nasty, but no, it's it's out of the zone too quick. So hitters give up on it. So over the long term, consistently, it's not going to play as well at the plate. Whereas now they're refining it and they're using the data and the analytics to really refine, okay, how do I make my slider play better in the zone? So we saw that case in point with Freddie Peralta. Freddie Peralta, he never really had a good slider to begin with, but they really found the sweet spot for where his slider has to start in the zone and how long it has to stay in the zone. And so they, they really refine how that plays now at the plate for hitters. And then couple that with his fastball and then the pairing of the, the fact that it tunnels and it comes out of the same exact slot of all the other pitches. That's, that is what it is. That's what makes it so hard. And then an, another reason is that there's so much data on these hitters. Now they realize, okay, this guy cannot hit a slider down and away. So what do you see? You, you see the, you know, slider after slider after slider. And like you said, even in a 2-0 count, they're throwing a slider. And so it's it just, it's, it's not the traditional 2-0 fastball, be ready for the 95, you know, get the head out type of an approach that hitters have to take. They, it, it's so much harder nowadays. Um, I'm glad I'm done playing, Toby. <laughs> well, and Vinny, you do some work with some 
developmental baseball coming up. Uh, what you do some work with PBR Wisconsin. What exactly do you do with them? Yeah, so I'm the scouting director for the state of Wisconsin. So essentially, I'm just shining a bright light on all the players that um, you know, trying to find a good fit for them uh, for for the next level. You know, just trying to slot them and rank them in order, and so they can go ahead and um, either you know go ahead and play in a Division One school or D two, D three, or even a JUCO. Trying to find a good fit for all these players in Wisconsin. Sure, and so you know you know the baseball at the major league level, the minor league level, and you also know it around the state of Wisconsin in high school and even younger than that. So my question is: Is this something that you're seeing just in the majors and these ba- dropping batting averages, or is this something that is kind of a a fundamental change in the entire game of baseball, even coming up? Well, I okay. So that is a really good question, Toby. I think baseball will still be baseball from how we know it in terms of the you know the hitting and, and you know you're going to get a 2-0 fastball at the younger levels even even in, in college to some extent I, I think at the major programs they're really implementing some of these you know pitching lab type of type of ideas but below that I still think you're gonna you're gonna see you know you're gonna get a 2-0 fastball so I, I don't think hitting is going to be that much different at the at the lower levels of the game of baseball um i will say this guys are throwing harder up and down the game all over from all different age groups because the the velocity programs and there is such a thing where um you're teaching kids uh to to throw with the weighted baseballs you're teaching kids to use their kinetic chain better from the ground up all these things we have a better understanding for and so you do see kids throwing harder but that's a good thing because i i do think you know, the better the pitching at a younger level, the better hitters are going to become as well. Yeah, and talking with Vinny Rotino of Bally Sports Wisconsin, when do you think we maybe we'll see a switch back? You know, baseball tends to go in phases where maybe the hitters dominate for a little bit, the pitchers dominate for a little bit, and obviously right now we're in a stage where, especially at Major League Baseball, where pitching seems to dominate when do you think it will switch back, or do you see it switching back? I, here's how it's going to change, Toby. It's going to change by the rules getting tweaked a little bit to the strike zone. That's my opinion. I don't, I, I don't have any confirmation on that. That's my theory. I love talking theories about baseball. I can talk about it all day. But I, I think at the end of the day, what they're going to do is they're going to lower the strike zone. from the. So right now the strike zone is about at the letters. So guys can throw a curveball that starts over players' heads practically and land right at the letters, and that's called a strike. Then the 99-mile-hour fastball is in that same spot. It's too hard to hit right now with the with how high the strike zone is. I think they're going to lower the strike zone, and I, I really hope that there's no robo umps because I think, you know, I think umpires can take can have a lot of influence on how much offense is in the mm-hmm. game. I think they can call a different zone. But I think I think at the end, even if there is robo lumps, they're gonna they're gonna lower the zone, and they're gonna maybe even widen it just a hair, right? Just a couple, maybe a ball outside. So what that'll do, that'll promote more pitchability pitchers, where it's not just the the extreme velocity. So now you don't have to cover that that pitch that is at the letters and and to your waist. It's just. Again, it's too hard to hit like that. I think that's going to be the next change. And when you do see that, I think there'll be more balls in play. And I think hitting will kind of even out. I, I think fans eventually, they, don't, they just don't want to see the strikeouts, right? I think you'll see more balls in play with, it, with a little bit smaller strike or shorter strike zone. Shorter strike zone, I should say. Not, not smaller, um, just not as high. Do you think some of the hitting issues, you know, we talk about the pitching and how hard it is to hit. Some of it's changed a little bit with the analytics and launch angle and trying to elevate the baseball and put the ball over the fence as opposed to just put the ball in play sometimes. How much of the lowered batting average do you think is associated with that? And do ball clubs even care that the batting averages are down? I think at the end of the day, they care. Right now, they they're just trying to gain some sort of competitive advantage. And I, I think, I think it's batting average. Isn't necessarily uh, an indicator of offensive success. I think it, it really does come down to quality at bats. 
And I think quality at bats, if you have a bunch of guys, if you have nine guys in a lineup that are committed to having a quality at bat against the pitcher, against the opposing pitcher, then you're going to get more mistakes to hit. And I, and I see that from some clubs that the Brewers have played against, right? I mean, I, I, I feel like the mm-hmm. St. Louis Cardinals put a bunch of quality at bats together. And all of a sudden, Cy Young type of pitchers like Corbin Burns are putting mistakes out over the middle of the plate, and that's when they get hit. So I think, I think the quality at bat thing is going to be paramount. Um, I, and that will bear itself out in the form of batting average. Guys will hit for a better batting average. But I just don't think the, the actual number of batting, you know, whatever the percentage is for batting average, I don't think that that is going to be necessarily that paramount. One last thing before we get into some of the Brewers talk. You you see all across baseball, it's continued to go up, it seems like every year, breaking ball percentage, and fewer and fewer fastballs. Do you think that's the trend we're going to continue to see where maybe there's more of an even mix of pitches for pitchers to throw? You know, like like we mentioned, there's no such thing as a hitter's count anymore. 2-0, you might be getting a slider, you might still get the fastball, but you don't know exactly what you're going to get, and these breaking ball percentages continue to rise is that something you think we're just going to continue to see go that way where the pitches are pretty much even across the board? Um, I do. Yes, I do. Even with a, even like I said, with like a little bit of a smaller strike zone, I think you're going to find, or again, shorter strike zone. I think you're going to find pitchers are going to try and get their stuff to play in the zone. Right. So you're going to, you're going to see more strikes with, with sliders and curveballs and changeups and stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, you still got to command that fastball. I think, again, if you, if you allow the pitchers to pitch just a, a little bit off the edges and then allow umpires to establish their strike zones and, and make pitchers earn those pitches, then I think you'll, you'll see a little bit more fastball usage and fastball command to come back into vogue. But um, I, I do think the, the mixing of pitches and, and just the extreme usage of some of these breaking balls is, it's probably here to stay for a little bit. Sorry, I lied. I want to hit one more on hitting. Is this something no. that's is this something that's new, or is this something that's new in the sense that it's getting used across every hitter? Is, is this something that guys like you know maybe a Barry Bonds or guys in the '90s that were the sluggers or '80s or whoever the case may be that maybe they got this treatment, but not every single guy that came to the plate, and now everybody's getting this? Or is this just a new approach totally to everyone across baseball? Toby, that's a really good question. I never even really thought about it like that. It, it, you're right. It's almost as if Barry, it, every hitter is now Barry Bonds is being super careful with them, really, really making sure that each hitter is treated as, uh, you know, the most important out in the lineup in each, at each at-bat. And maybe <laughs> that's the right approach at this point for, for pitching, um, for run prevention. Um is to approach each hitter like that. And if you can throw strikes by throwing 50% curveball, then, um, then continue to do it. And if it's effective. So um, that's a really thoughtful question. I never even thought about it like that. I, I do think that that's, that's probably the approach pitching coaches and pitchers will take from, for the foreseeable future. Transitioning to the Brewers, Vinny, this offense has been atrocious over the last week, week and a half. How do they get out of this slump? Is it just honestly getting more of those quality at bats, like you mentioned? What what do they need to get going? My goodness, it has been very difficult to watch, hasn't it? I mean, they're third to last in a lot of offensive categories, including runs scored, including batting average. I think they're fourth to last I, in this in this nine games. I'm looking at this in the last nine games they've played awful. Right, last two against the Cubs in Wrigley, and then from then on they did squeak one out against the Padres, but they should have lost that game, right? Taylor Rogers mm-hmm. blew the, the big lead in the ninth. So they should be on a nine game losing streak. They're only on a six. So yeah, it's been really bad. I think as Willie Adamas gets back and established into the lineup, I think as Hunter Renfro gets back and established in the lineup, both those guys were absolutely tearing the cover off the ball when they got hurt. So those two guys, just their presence in the lineup is going to really help it's going to help guys like Rowdy Telez as well. I remember like Rowdy Telez kind of fell off as those guys kind of fell off or got hurt and were out of the lineup. Uh, so those guys are important to other guys in the lineup as well. Um, and hitting is contagious. 
right? It snowballs on you. You got, you start to struggle and all of a sudden you feel like you can't get a hit. You feel like there's 35 fielders out there. Everything you hit hard is right at somebody. So I think, yes, I think it's a combination of getting those guys healthy back and established in the lineup. And then also just, just start to get hits and start to score runs. And all of a sudden it starts to come like a waterfall. Um, I, this team has proven that they can score runs. So I, I'm not necessarily concerned that this is here to stay, um, but they, they got to get out of it sooner, sooner than later, for sure. One last here for you, Vinny, talking with Vinny Rotino from Bally Sports Wisconsin. Has this last nine-game stretch, 10-game stretch, where the Brewers have struggled now a six-game losing streak, has that changed your opinion of this team, or is this just a bad slump that you go through in a 162-game season? It hasn't changed my opinion. They're on a really tough stretch, right? I mean, they have played so many games and so many, you know, and not very many days. They had a doubleheader mixed in there. They're getting less days off. And, and I get I get the the argument or the counter to that is that every single team is experiencing the same thing because a little bit of a shortened season. And so doubleheaders are being placed in there. You're losing some off days. So I get that part of it. But like that coupled with all the injuries, like, there's too many injuries right now. Right. And so, um, and then also throw in the fact that they did face the San Diego Padres. They did face um, the team that they, the Phillies who have a really good starting rotation and bullpen as well. So it's a, it's kind of a perfect storm right now. It, they're going to get out of it. Teams do go through these bad stretches. Willie Adamas is really the thing that, that is uh, encouraging to me that he is back. I mean, the guy is just an absolute, stud for no better word right I mean on many different levels including the leadership piece that he is back on the team so I'm I'm hopeful it's a it's a tough stretch um well with that said they they definitely got to get out of this thing starting today. yeah Vinny appreciate the time man great insight into hitting and obviously the Milwaukee Brewers as well keep up the great work at Valley Sports Wisconsin man absolutely thanks have a good day there you heard from Vinny Rettino from Bally Sports Wisconsin as well as the PBR Baseball in Wisconsin doing a little bit of help with getting people set to the right spots. Prep Baseball Report in Wisconsin does an awesome job with there. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Vinny Rettino. He joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. All right, we've talked a little bit about the Brewers, but the situation that I want to get into once we get back from the break, Tony La Russa, what in the world were you doing yesterday? Walking a dude in a one-two count? We'll get into that next on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co worker of yours old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex <laughs> heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived spring spring is here which means it's the perfect time to get away in the hyundai you've always wanted visit the hyundai getaway sales event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning hyundai models like the tech-filled tucson and kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan, Toby Altizer, Adam Roberts. We're presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Make sure to check out their garage sale, Adam. Yeah, that's right. One more time for me reading this before I head off, and uh, then Sparky will probably be taking over it. But yes, June 28th, Wednesday, June 29th, 28th of Tuesday, the annual garage sale for the Admirals at Panther Arena. Cop some game-worn jerseys, new and game-used sticks, and other game-used equipment, all that will be priced significantly below retail value. Tuesday, 4 to 8 p.m. on the 28th for full and half-season ticket members. Then Wednesday, the sale opens up to the general public, 11 a.m. to 7. Head on down to Panther Arena Tuesday, June 28th, and Wednesday, June 29th at Panther Arena in downtown Milwaukee. Also, this portion of the show is brought to you by Robert's Specialty Meats. With summer weather slowly making its way to Wisconsin, grilling season is here. So if you want to make the most of this favorite time, make sure the meat you're serving up is from our favorite butcher, Robert's Specialty Meats. Paul Roberts has all the goods for outdoor grilling, from USDA prime beef tenderloin steaks, bacon-wrapped fillets, awesome original burgers and several flavors, and more than 30 varieties of sausages and brats, not to mention everyone's favorite, their legendary ribs on a stick. Boneless pork ribs marinated, marinated in a thick and sweet barbecue sauce and ready in minutes are equally delicious. Marinated chicken skewers. Skewers? And, I can't do it. I can't do it, man. In barbecue, garlic parmesan, Door County cherry, or chili lime varieties. With Father's Day coming up, a Robert's gift card makes the perfect gift for dad or favorite son or uncle. Call Robert's today at 262-549-MEAT for the best selection or check them out online at robertsspecialtymeatswaukesha.com for money-saving coupons. For the best in meats, shop Robert's Specialty Meats, your hometown butcher. Adam, it's time for us to get into the interesting sports story from yesterday mm-hmm. that I, I, I don't know what he was doing. Tony Larusa in a situation. Let me set the scene here. Tony Larusa has a situation in the game against the Dodgers yesterday. What was second and third, Adam? Or no, man on second, man on second. Yes. Trey Turner at the plate. Mm-hmm. Okay. They don't like the matchup with him against the lefty, and they're liking him the next guy, Max Muncie. But they wait until a one-two count to give him an intentional walk. Here's the call on NBC Sports Chicago. Now, wait a second. They're going to intentionally walk him. On one and two? Yep. Can you explain that to me? I would think you don't want Turner to do any more damage, and you want to take advantage of the lefty-lefty. Typically, at two strikes, the league batting average is quite low. Oh, yeah. It is that. When was the last time you saw somebody intentionally walked on one and two? Didn't happen often. <laughs> My favorite part of this whole thing is right here. <laughs> I'm sorry, how many strikes did he have? <laughs> I, I I don't understand what he's doing. And so he walks Trey Turner to get to Max Muncie, and here's what Max Muncie does in his at-bat. High fly ball the other way. Pollock's going back. It's gone! Three-run home run for Max Muncie. They put Trey Turner on intentionally with a one-and-two count, choosing to go Sousa Muncie. And he makes him pay with an opposite field three-run shot. It's 10-5. And that's exactly what Muncy's saying. Uh, well, and Muncy had some words to say to Tony Larusa. Choice uh, words. Yeah, I can't say them over the radio. What are you doing? Walking a dude one and two. Does that make any sense to you at all, Adam? Like we can talk about. We just had an insightful conversation with Vinny Rotino about hitting and all these different things, and we can break down analytics. And we can do... wherever is it going to tell you you got to do to two strikes? Let's walk him. No, you know what? In a one-one count, now we'll, we'll pitch to him. He comes to the plate, zero-zero count. We'll pitch to him, but it gets to two strikes, one-two. You got to 
Pitchers count. He's ahead. Yeah, let's walk him. How does that make any sense? Well, the answer, Toby, is it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense. And what's worse, and we've got this audio, too, from NBC Sports Chicago, the cherry on top of this is that he doubles down after the game when they ask him about it, and he's like, what do you mean? This is the way things we're going to do. Pitchers too, whatever. Yeah. Let's hear the old man try to explain what he's doing. You explained the, uh, the thought process on the intention to walk with... Um... With uh, to Turner? Turner. At one, two. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Okay. Is, there, is there some question about whether that was a good move or not? At what, I guess at one, two is the question. At the Do you know what he hits against left-hand pitching with one, oh, one or two strikes? Do you know what he hits? He does well, well, you know what Muncie hits with two strikes with, against left-hand pitcher? I mean, is that really a question? Because it was one and two? Turner was a, a strike left against a left-hander. is not something you can avoid if you can. And we had an open base, and Muncy happened to be the guy behind him. And that's a better matchup. Here again, somebody disagrees. That's, that's the beauty of this game. Welcome to it. But that, that wasn't a tough call. Was there a reason for waiting until one-two, though? Not to huh? right was there a reason to not do it right away and wait till one-two? That's when, they, that's when the, the pitch got away. So for more on this nonsense, let's turn to Chicago White Sox insider on the hotline right now and former host of The Daily Show, John Stewart, to get his reaction. John, what do you make of this? What? 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 Eloquently spoken, John. Yeah, Thanks for calling. I, I don't. I don't know what he's thinking, and I love how he's so adamant that he's dead on. He. Which he... to Turner? Turner. <laughs> what are you doing? So let me ask you a question. Is there is there some question about whether that was a good move or not? Uh, yes, there is, Tony. What are you doing walking to do with two strikes? And and th- this is where sometimes. You can lie with all these numbers, and you can do some of the stuff with analytics and stuff. Okay, guess what? Trey Turner might hit better with two strikes than he does in a OO count. Maybe that's the case. I don't have the numbers in front of me yet. Maybe he has a higher batting average with two strikes than he does with zero. That doesn't mean that you wait till two strikes to intentionally walk him. You walk him at the beginning of the at-bat if you don't want to face him. That's fine. If Tony LaRussa comes in here today and says, you know what, I walked him in an OO count, no one is questioning you. You can do whatever you want. If you want to face the lefty Max Muncie, no problem whatsoever, dude. I get it. I want the lefty-lefty matchup too. I get it. But to wait till a two-strike count to decide to move a guy on base, how does that make any sense? And rightfully so, the baseball cuts make him pay with Max Muncie hitting a home run. Because sometimes you can try to be the smartest guy in the room. Sometimes you can do some of these things. And this is where it gets frustrating when you try so hard to do all these different things that the average fan understands you should not do. And you are, oh, I'm too smart for this. I know all these numbers. I know all this and that. And you don't. And watch me do this because I can because I'm the manager of a major league ball club. Let me walk this guy in a two-strike count. And Ben Verlander on Twitter points out Trey Turner is a lifetime 197 hitter in a 1-2 count. Yeah, no major league baseball player is going to be better with two strikes than none. Just walk the dude with no strikes. When he comes to play, just walk him. If you don't want to face him, that's fine. Much less, at least wait till a 3-2 count. Tell your dude to don't throw him anything. Try and strike him out. I, I don't understand what Tony LaRusso was doing in this situation. It doesn't make any sense. And I sometimes these managers, sometimes coaches, and they get to a higher level. They, they've earned it. It's not like he doesn't deserve to be a manager. We could have that discussion, but he doesn't not deserve to be a manager. But you make moves like this, makes you question if he does deserve to be a manager. All right, next, when we come back on Sparky's Midday Madness, Rami Makhlov, host of The Rami Show, he'll join the show. I know he's got thoughts on Tony LaRussa and his stupid decision, so we'll get his thoughts next here on Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan. 
I can't get over. Why would you walk a guy one two? Why would you walk a guy? One, two. Toby Altizer in for Steve Sparky. Five for today on Sparky's Midday Madness alongside Adam Roberts. And we'll we'll bring in our baseball expert that can maybe make some sense of this. No. Rami Maklov. Don't look to me to make sense of it. Can, can, can you make any sense of why you would walk a guy in a one-two count as opposed to just not finishing the at-bat or walking him when he first get? Why are you walking him one-two? Toby, let me tell you something. Your boy Rami Makhlouf yesterday was living that that dream, you know, of a teenage Rami Makhlouf who one day said, "I want to get in sports talk radio, and I want to talk on that station right there, six seventy the score." You know? Yeah. I got one of those shifts. I get one of those shifts every once in a while. It's always very cool for me. But yesterday it was a seven to nine shift. I woke up, and I was going straight to my computer to do show prep. Right? Sure, so sure. Get to make a. I meditate. You know, do my thing. You know what I mean? Like that yeah, dudes yeah. do in the morning. And then I'd make a cup of coffee and I sit down and I do some show prep. I sat down and I did show prep for like two, three hours. I was like, what am I going to talk about today? Mm-hmm. This dream was a nightmare for a minute. I was like, what am I going to? There's nothing to talk about in in sports in Chicago. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, my God. And then Tony La Russa, like a like a bless. You know what I mean? Like an angel from heaven. He comes down <laughs> and he makes the dumbest baseball decision that we've seen in years and gives me an hour of content. Thank you. Thank you, Tony La Russa. I appreciate I can't. To- and that's what I said yesterday on the show was somebody make it make sense to me. And 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 I I uh oh who I had on Vinny Duber. He works for a CHGO Sports on my show on the score yesterday. And and he was like, I'm not defending it. But here's what he was thinking. The ball gets away and Freeman moves to second. Trey Turner has been one of the hottest hitters in baseball sure. all year. Now he's got a man on second, different situation than a man on first. But still, with two strikes, you played the White Sox. Have you played the Dodgers call at all today? Uh, no, we have because not. the fan, the fan in the background on the Dodgers call is even better. I'll don't don't do it now. I'll, I'll play it. I'll play it on my show. I forgot okay. to send that to Sam, but I I know I know where to find it. And I'll I'll play it on my. It's so funny because he is everyone watching this game. This fan that's in the background. It's so good. It's so funny. It might be the same guy, but it's it's a different it's a different line. I I, but, I don't understand what you're thinking, and that's it. Like I, I I get where you're coming from. Like at least you can make a little bit of sense to me. Like all right, now there's a guy on second. You got a hot hitter. Maybe he's relaying signs. Like okay, but if you're worried about a hot hitter, just walk him to begin with, or or just don't in a two strike count. Just pitch to him. Put it in the dirt. You can pitch around him. At, Put it in the two, dirt with two strikes. It's not that hard. It's, it's a one and two count. Put it, it in the dirt. It just doesn't make any sense. It's somewhere there, he can't hit it, and if you and if you walk him, you walk him. Fine, exactly. But put three pitches in the dirt, see if you can get him chasing. Yeah. Sometimes these managers, these coaches, try to act like the smartest guy in the room. And then, oh man, he was so. I, it's one thing to be bad, and this is what I hate about umpires so often. It's one thing to be bad, but to be defiant yeah, about how exactly. bad you are, where you're like, oh, I'm not bad. Was there yeah, a question yeah, about yeah. that? Yeah. You're, yeah. Yes. Was. Did you see Freddie Freeman's face? Yeah. It's like- <laughs> Yeah, Freddie Freeman had a question about it, Tony. Freddie Freeman had a question about it. He knows a thing or two about basketball, about baseball. And basketball, too, basketball probably. Too, probably knows probably, more yeah. than you, LaRusa. What do we got coming up on today's Rami show? It's a jam-packed show today. Um, we're going to talk some brewers out of the gates. Are we uh, smashing the panic button on the brewers yet? A lot of fans are. Six straight losses, so we'll do that. Ryan Horvat, who from uh, BetMGM Tonight, he'll be here at 345, as he always is. Uh, we'll talk some Packers. Aaron Rodgers at 4 o'clock. Did he not try hard enough to bring back Devontae Adams? We'll discuss that. Yeah, it's also Kevin Holden is here to talk about all the stuff and participate in some draft mockery at 430. And uh, Ty Winish, Ty Windish, that is, from the uh, Eurostep podcast, he'll be here at 530. I got smoked again in draft mockery. Did you really? Yeah. You guys did sitcoms yesterday, huh? Part one, anyway. As Sam will tell you, we're going to have to do multiple parts of that because there's just so many good ones to pick. Hmm. Yeah, we probably should do a date. What's your favorite sitcom ever? Yeah, Seinfeld. Okay. Yeah, I'm a Friends guy. I or know. Curb Your Enthusiasm. One of the two. Do you like Friends? Uh, the first few seasons were good. Okay. Yeah. I know. I know some people like hate Friends. I think The Office is kind of overrated. You can leave now. It's time for the Rami <laughs> show. You can go. I, I I love The Office, but I think it's a little overrated. Like I don't like the, that people. 
I guess I've done this a little bit with. I don't like that people make some of these sitcoms their lifestyle, you know? Like my dad. Like, Every time I go to, to visit my dad lately for the last roughly year or two, it seems, because he never had a smart TV for the longest time. I mean, he probably had a box TV on our Wood Entertainment Center <laughs> up until about 2018. <laughs> But he finally got a smart TV, and so every time for the last couple of years I've gone over, I mean, I love my dad to death, full disclosure, but Good it's like know. the evening hits, it's about 10 p.m., the day is done, and he's like, so we're going to watch The Office till we fall asleep, right, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd have to pass on that. I'd have to pass on that. That being said, I watch Friends like every night before I go to bed, so I guess I can't really? complain too much. Yeah, Friends every night? Every right. night, man, every night. Okay. All right, Rami. Well, you have a good show, man. Thanks, Toby. And uh, make sure to keep it tuned here to 1250 AM. The Fan. Catch the Rami Show next with Rami Makhlouf. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.